Welcome everyone to this week's Global Intelligence Update and we've got Kevin Bees with us this week returning. This is second time this year and uh, we, we're very excited to hear what Kevin's going to talk about today. So for those who don't know Kevin, Kevin for nearly two decades has dedicated himself to helping business owners and leaders maximize profits regardless of market conditions. He served as a senior financial executive at companies like Intel Corporations, Airbus, Quantas Business Travel, and Hoist and Hill Hoist. As a speaker, Kevin has made a lasting impact on countless individuals worldwide, delivering transformative, transformative uh, insights for organizations such as Tony Robbins, Industry Rockstar Professional Speakers Association, Bizversity, and Bing Bring Basic Bananas. In his coaching role, Kevin has worked with elite clients of Tony Robbins and senior executives from companies like Amazon, Nike, Walmart, BCG, and various entrepreneurs across industries. His, his expertise lies in understanding human behavior, facilitating change, and mobilizing leaders and teams for peak performance, all backed by his financial acumen to deliver tangible value for business. Welcome, Kevin. Thank you for joining us. Well, thank you. What a wonderful introduction. And uh, I'm, I'm excited to hear what this guy has to say. You make him sound so good. <laughs> um, uh, it's so glad and I appreciate uh, some of you guys are up uh, nice and early there. I saw uh, Cloudy Scotland and hello from Dubai. Uh, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to delving into this topic today then. And we are talking about the uh, how your beliefs are limiting your profit. And Chris, if it's possible for you to um, to pin me or make that full screen, that would be absolutely awesome. Uh, I won't spend too Perfect. long talking about my background because you've just done such a wonderful introduction. But that, yes, I did have the privilege of working with Tony Robbins uh, for five years in his team. And some of the uh, ideas or concepts that I bring today were things that I learned working with him and with his uh, top clients. Uh, over the years, um, I've done a lot of work with, uh, you know, with a lot of different organizations. Um, because of my training with SEMA, which is the ability to help organizations uh, maximize their, their profitability, help them to make more effective strategic decisions. Now, I'll share with you some stories because along the way in working with these organizations, I thought it was all about strategy. We get the strategy right and everything else will follow. But what I've learned along the way is that if we don't have the psychology and the mindset and the beliefs right, no strategy is ever going to make any difference because it won't get implemented or it won't stick. And that's that's really why I've come to this topic. As you know, from the last time I was here, I spoke a lot about profit and the specific strategic things we can do. But today, I really want to go a little bit deeper into the uh, you know the mindset around that. And if we get the mindset right, the right strategy will follow, and then you're going to get all the profit you need. I've had uh, opportunities to work with um, a lot of large organizations like Amazon, you know, and Nike and Walmart and BCG. Uh, some of those leaders say uh, some very nice things about me, and I'm, I'm very grateful for those. I worked a lot with uh, a lot of small to medium-sized business owners and. Uh, a lot of experts, coaches, consultants, those kind of things as well. And so whilst this topic uh, we laid out is how your beliefs are limiting your profit, I actually want to start by saying I think uh, limiting is perhaps a little bit too soft of a word because I think if we don't uh, view this area and understand this area, we actually go a little bit further and our beliefs 
consciously sabotage our profit. It would seem a little bit weird that we would be choosing to sabotage our own progress, but uh, what I've discovered is that actually we we can do if we uh you know if we're not thinking about things in the right way if we haven't had the right programming uh, in our brain. So I can do my best to fit in everything I can uh, in the sixty minutes we have. I know I need to leave maybe ten fifteen minutes of that for for Q and A at the end. So I'm going to give you uh, every everything I can to uh, to really make an impact in this area. Now, um, I, I, from a profit perspective, I really want to make sure that you you get a profit benefit out of this. This doesn't. I don't want this to be some woo woo conversation. You think, oh yeah, that was a nice conversation. I actually want it to make a meaningful impact to you. And so, it's such an important topic. I just like to check that I, I have the right people in here. If you feel as though you have enough profit right now. You're happy with the profit you got, just write the word enough. If you would prefer to have more profit or you'd like to see your profit increase, just type the word yes in the chat box if you could. So enough or yes, that'd be good. Now, the more you participate in this call, the more the uh, educational learning is going to go in and the more profitability you're going to make. Uh, right. I'm seeing a lot of yeses, so we definitely have the right people on the call. Now, I like to talk about the idea of the butterfly effect. And I think this uh, this probably comes from meteorology or something of that nature. And you may have heard of the, the butterfly effect, but the idea of the butterfly effect is that how small changes can make big results. And the idea that a butterfly flapping its wings uh, here in Australia could eventually create like a tidal wave or a tsunami, uh, you know, in in a far off country because those small changes compound to have a bigger impact. And I think mindset is one of those areas where we can, you know, make a small effort and get a really big result, right? And that's the first thing we're doing. We're going to have a small effort to get a big result out of this. We make a, a, some small changes in here, and that's going to link to bigger results. Um, it, it's kind of like the idea of leverage. You know, you put a small amount of effort in one area to make a, you know, a bigger impact. And that's that's really where we want to put our time and energy into this. Now, I mentioned at the beginning, I worked as a financial executive with um, a lot of organizations. And one of these organizations I got to work with was a company called Qantas Business Travel. Okay. And it was our, our job to help put people onto these airplanes and help them fly around the world. Now, when I went into that organization, I was put in that organization because their results weren't going very well and they wanted me to improve the results. And of course, I went in there as an accountant with all the strategy that I needed to help them turn things around. But I found when the strategy isn't right or the tactics aren't right and you know your systems and processes aren't right, well, you're not really going to get much done because your team are going to be very um, ineffective. They're going to be upset, concerned. And I had these team members coming into the office and crying on me. And I had no training and no skills in this. And the best thing I could do was say, uh, well, you know, uh, here you go, like have, have a tissue. That was like the extent of my leadership and my coaching. So I realized I had to go and get some skills in this area. And what I learned when I went and did this was that if we can change how we're thinking about things, we can change the way we feel and we can change the actions and the results that we get. So by me going out and doing these, these programs, I learned how I can change my mindset and get different results and I can help my team do the same. Because the challenge is, even if, you know, I know we have a lot of coaches on here and, you know, uh, and experts, and you guys are amazing at this. You've done a lot of work, you know, typically to even get your coach certification, you do a lot of work in programming your brain. That's amazing. Now, if you've got your brain aligned, but you've got team members and their brain's not aligned, then they're potentially going to be, you know, rowing the boat 
in different directions. You're you're pulling the boat in one direction, they're pulling the boat in other, and it can make a, a big impact. So when I work with these large organizations, I work with the CEOs and executives on how to recode themselves and re-encode their team. And it, it can have a massive impact really, uh, really across the board. So I want to make sure that we help you get your mindset right and their mindset right. Now, what I say is that the most powerful forces in the world are invisible. You know, gravity, like you can't see it, but like you're using it to your advantage every second, right? It's holding you here on the ground, right? Or sound waves, you can't you can't see them, but you turn on the radio and they're there, right? Electricity, same thing. You know, you can't actually see electricity, but it's keeping us going in this conversation right now. Like my wife's thoughts, you know, her thoughts are invisible, but like if I can't read them, I'm going to be in trouble, right? So we are, all the most powerful forces are uh, invisible and we need to be able to... Um, you know, to see those. Now, of course, my wife always has amazing thoughts. They're always, uh, always completely awesome. So it's, uh, it's good to discover those. So ultimately, what I'm saying is your business is a reflection of you, your business is a reflection of you and your team, for those of you with team members. And as a result of that, then, you know, your profit is a reflection of you and your team. Now, I appreciate we're not going to be able to rewire, you know, your, you know, your life's experience right now on this call. But today is really going to be about awareness, because if we can bring more awareness to some specific invisible forces that are impacting you and your business, then, you know, that awareness is going to be potentially in some cases enough to help you start seeing things differently and acting in some different ways. So I spent a lot of time in my career working out how do I become more aware? Now, here's the thing. Beliefs, a belief, belief means it's like an automated choice. At some point in time, your brain has said, hey, to make things easier, I'm going to make an assumption about this. And once you have that belief, you know, you have automated choices in place. And you may have made those those choices much, much earlier in life. So you have automated choices running right now in terms of wealth, in terms of money, in terms of leadership, in terms of sales, in terms of your relationships with people. And I just want to bring this to your conscious awareness, because once they're in your conscious awareness, then we can work on them and change them. And you know what it's like. Have any of you ever watched a video back of you and realized that you were doing something you didn't notice at the time? Maybe you're like twiddling with your hands or shaking your leg. Um, has anyone ever noticed anything like that when they watch themselves back? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Thank you. Uh, Ina, I'm seeing, I'm seeing a nod there. Uh, the rest of you can maybe give me a thumbs up on the screen or something. That's good. And, and that kind of makes a difference. Like the audience notices, but you know, uh, but maybe you don't. And so I want to bring your, your awareness to your beliefs. And that's where we're going to go with this. Then. So we're going to cover in the time that we've got, how do you uncover powerful identity beliefs? How do we uncover some money mindset beliefs? How do we use a visualization technique that's used by the world's most successful people? And how do we set up some new empowering affirmations that's going to get some new new dollars uh, into your pocket? And what techniques we can use to rewire uh, these beliefs and manifest more profit with less effort and less stress? Um, and I think the, the metaphor, I don't know if you ever hear this study, they talk about the idea of there being a glass ceiling, but the idea was that they had, uh, in a scientific experiment, they had fleas. And these fleas had the ability to jump like super high. But what they did is they put a lid on the container, you know, a glass lid on the container. And these fleas would jump up and hit the ceiling, jump up and hit the ceiling, jump up and hit the ceiling. So eventually the fleas just got conditioned. That's how high they could jump. So when the scientists moved the glass away, even though these fleas had the ability to jump way beyond where that ceiling was, they would only ever jump to where that ceiling you know, was before. 
right? So even if they have a physical ability to do more, they've been conditioned to just jumping to that high. And I think we we all have that. We're all um, at some point in some way have some glass ceiling that, you know, that we're jumping into and we need to break through. Now, uh, I want to just check in with you. I'd like to give you a bit of account for yourself on this because um, uh, isn't that, oh, so, uh, so, Sorry, is it Rishna? Rishna, Rishna says, uh, is that so similar? Laura? Aura, Aura. Aura, Aura. Okay, okay, sorry, Aura. Uh, Aura, I think that's right. Yeah, it is similar to socialization. We'll, we'll get into this a little bit more because we get conditioned to behave in a certain way. And if we don't behave in that way, then, of course, we may stand out. People may not like us. We may be disassociated from the group. So it could be very, uh, very challenging for our survival. So, yeah, so definitely uh, on the money with that point. So what I'd like you to do is just check in and see how many of these sound like you, okay? So just give yourself a point, you know, note a point for each one, okay? Uh, do you ever know what you need to do but feel like you procrastinate? If you do, then give yourself a point for that. Do you frequently feel overwhelmed? Do you ever invest in programs and don't follow through? Uh, maybe you look around and you think other people are getting results, but you don't. Uh, maybe you have a bit of this shiny object syndrome. can be very common amongst us entrepreneurs. We want here and in here and in here. And so we're so busy jumping one thing to the next thing, we maybe don't get things done. Maybe you feel consciously, uh, constantly anxious that you won't have enough money. Um, maybe you have this fear that your clients that you have right now are going to quit. Uh, or that you're going to be ridiculed or rejected when you put your content out there. Maybe you have a feeling that you feel alone in your business. Maybe you have a feeling that you are not good enough. Maybe you feel like you don't add value and people are going to find you out. So some people call that imposter syndrome. Or maybe you're working too many hours and not making as much uh, dollars as you would like. So maybe even pay your team. If you have team members, maybe pay your team more than you pay yourself. So uh, just like you to add up how many, uh, how many did you get there? How many of those did you give yourself a score for? If uh, 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 Christina, thank you for your honesty. Most of these apply to me. Okay. If you had a score of above five, just say plus five. And if you had less than five, you put less than five. Yeah. Okay. Some say all, some say 12. Okay. Now, if even the reality is, even if you scored more than one, whatever that one was, it's down to belief, right? And those beliefs, those belief systems are all changeable. Okay. So belief systems, you may have heard it said before, belief system BS, right? It's, uh, it's something that we bought into a, a pattern that we bought into and we can shift it and change it. You know, our, our beliefs we had in the past aren't necessarily beliefs that we have now. Maybe uh, maybe for the longest time you believed in, um, you know, Father Christmas or the Easter Bunny, and maybe your perspective has changed on that. And maybe it hasn't. If you still believe in that, that's okay. That's that's great. So uh, so this lady here uh, says, nothing binds you except your thoughts, nothing limits you except your fear, and nothing controls you except your beliefs. I was speaking with um, a lady who is a psychologist uh, when I put this presentation together. And I caught some of her limiting beliefs in our conversation. Sometimes you can hear it comes up in conversation very frequently. We change these beliefs. And two days later, she put her prices up 40% because she sees her value more just from that conversation. Now, here's the cool thing. Her new clients that she was signing on were more than happy to pay, uh, pay the rate she was charging because she was undercharging this whole time. So who would like a 40% pay rise? 
feel like a 40, 40% pay increase, then just uh, give me give me a yes. Um, boom. Okay, Christina does. Okay, that's good. Four or two. So let's uh, let's get into this a little bit further then. So 99% of people want financial freedom, but typically only 1% 1 1 of people get it. And it's really because of this, because what we think about impacts what we feel, which impacts the actions that we take and the results that we get. So all based on our thinking. And if, if I was to ask you, where does your thinking come from? We kind of established that you know the thinking can limit us. And we've seen some examples of how some of these, these beliefs are impacting your life with procrastination or overwhelm or imposter. Where does your thinking come from? How do we get our beliefs around our ability to have wealth or make money or have profit? Feel free to type some answers in the chat box. Or hit unmute and just shout it out if you feel that's fine as well. We only have a reasonably small group here. So if you want to shout it out, then, then that's cool. Yeah, childhood, education, mindset, training, your youth. Yeah, from parents and community. Exactly. So you guys have nailed this. So we're, we're typically like a sponge prior to the age of seven. We're just you know, watching what every, everything is going on around us. Um, and, you know, if we're surviving and that happens, that's great. Our brain is just looking for survival. So even if that's not particularly conducive to us being wealthy or healthy or happy, if it means we survive, then we're absorbing that and say, right, this is what we need to do to survive. So even if some of us didn't have a, uh, you know, a very good example in this area when we were growing up, that, that's just what we took on because it would mean survival. Now, the question I have for you is, would you let a seven-year-old drive your car? Now, the the reality is no, you wouldn't let a seven-year-old drive your car. But many of us, if we haven't uh, uncovered what is our financial blueprint and we haven't updated our financial blueprint, then we're almost letting a, a seven-year-old's uh, beliefs around money and finance and uh, wealth run run the show for us in that respect. Now, here are, here are some beliefs that we had when we were growing up and may still be relevant now. Um, I'd like you to just finish these sentences then. Money doesn't grow on. Okay, I'm seeing some lips move. I hear trees. That's good. Uh, uh, money is the root of evil. Yeah, all evil. That's great. And it takes money to make. Okay, great. So now it's interesting. Like you all have these beliefs that are in there. You know immediately the answer because it's part of our conditioning and our culture. Now, I said this when I was in Sweden and um, someone shouted out, some guy shouted out, it takes money to make out. And I was like, oh, okay. Things must be a little bit different here in, in Sweden. It takes money to make out. So these uh, these beliefs and they're, they're automated. They're in here. We kind of know the answer to them. And, and on some level, they're uh, you know, impacting our thinking. Uh, do we have any surfers on the call? Do any, anyone like to surf? No, maybe not so much so. Maybe not a bit, bit too cold in Scotland, I would guess. Uh, Chris used to back in the day. So uh, some surfers absolutely love it, you know, and when you think about surfing, this is kind of the image that you get, you know, surfing through some barrel, having some amazing experience. Um, but I've got to tell you, I hate surfing. This is the experience I have of surfing, right? This is me when I surf. And now it's interesting because my associations around surfing are very much like this, getting tumbled over and spat out onto the beach. Uh, yeah, Christina, there are, are sharks in the water. If that's your association, that's not going to help either. Um, if someone says to me, hey, Kevin, do you want to go surfing? The answer is like, no, thank you. Not interested. Not in any hurry to, to go and do that because that's the association I have. Now, I've got friends who 
have this association with surfing. If you ask them to go surfing, they will be there in a heartbeat. They will skip work. They will get out with the big waves and they're going to do it. And it's because they have different associations built up. Now, if I can change my association around surfing to be more like this, um, I'm going to have a different experience. I'm going to want to surf more. And, and the same thing with, with profit and wealth, right? If we've had more of a money experience or profit experience like like me, surfboard getting you know, churned over a spout onto the beach, then we're not going to look too favorably on making profit or having wealth, or if we do make it, keeping it. And the uh, the, the saying is, we see the world not as it really is, but as we are. That's really interesting right now because I'm hearing a lot of people say, oh, you know, there's problems in the economy. The economy's bad. The economy's bad. And the economy's bad. And they keep saying it. And guess what? They then end up struggling because they have this self-reinforcing belief that if the economy is bad, then they're going to drop clients. They can't charge as much. And so what they're saying and what they're encountering themselves creates the same thing. And yet I've got other uh, clients who are in the same market. And they don't have that belief. They have the belief that there's so much opportunity that they're they're really going to succeed. And here's the thing. They're finding different offers and different ways to present what they're doing. And they're making record numbers. Now, two people in the same market experiencing you know, very different realities. One struggling, one super successful because of what they're reinforcing. One saying this is a terrible economy. The other was saying, hey, this is amazing. There's so much opportunity. And what they're saying reinforces that. Now, I don't know if any of you guys will know this guy on the image right now, his, uh, his name is Jim. And here in the UK, uh, in the UK, in Australia, he owns Australia's largest franchise. So his franchise business does over 500 million a year. And I was having a conversation with him and he said this, he said, there is opportunity everywhere. You just need to bend down and pick it up. You think, wow, if that's his belief, there's opportunity anywhere, everywhere. You just need to bend down and pick it up. No wonder he's he's growing his business to that level. And he's seeing opportunity everywhere. He's getting people come to him with new business ideas, new opportunities. And of course, he can, he can take them. Now, you can keep that belief for yourself if you like. Try it on and use it and reinforce it with yourself because the more you say it, the more it's, uh, you know, the more it's going to become true. Um, I did this presentation a while ago for a client uh, where he was a prospect at the time. And he... He thought, oh, yeah, Kevin, I've heard this before, or, you know, you know, whatever. Like, I've heard all this stuff before. He said, but he thought about it after the call, and then he walked outside, um, you know, of his office, and it was $50 on the floor. And you know, oh, there, there must be something in this. And the lady, another lady from that same call, she said she was, um, you know, in a hurry, and she had to get change for the parking meter so she could you know, park when she picks up her daughter. And she didn't have the change. There was no change in the house or the car. So she was you know, rushing and she was wondering how she was going to pay for this parking meter. And she gets to the parking meter and someone had left, you know, an all day ticket there. You know, she's like, wow, that's amazing. Right. So and then because of that, the, the little bit of money that she did have, she decided she would go and get her daughter to take away from the drive through. And as she went through the drive through, ready to pay with the, the bit of money that she had, the person in front of her had, um, you know, kindly bought her dinner for her. So it's uh, it's interesting. You know, that was straight after the call and they both relayed that to me afterwards. So we can be hearing this on this call and thinking, oh, yeah, that's, you know, that's all BS. But there's, there's something in this thoughts of things. If you believe there's opportunity everywhere, you need to bend down and pick it up. If you believe that you're going to find money or come into opportunity, the chances are that's more likely to happen. The more you think on that level, the more you think on that, the more you manifest it and create it. And I'll give you another couple of examples here. I was talking to a sales trainer and he said this, he said, everyone wants to spend money on marketing and no one wants to spend money on sales. So mm, how do you think his business was going? Do you think he was uh, really, really kicking it or was he struggling a little bit? 
Was he doing well or struggling? What do you think? I'm not seeing any answers in the box. Uh, struggling. Yeah, totally struggling because he had this belief that no one wants to spend money on sales. That was his belief, and he was a sales trainer. Had another client I was working with, and his belief, uh, he, he was a coach, and he said uh, money is hard to come by, right? And he was struggling to get clients. Now, it's interesting because when we examine that belief and went through that belief, which, which can be a common one, we look for examples to the contrary of that and, you know, examples where money is easy to come by. And all of a sudden, when he said that, he's like, well, it is. He said, I had this, you know, tax refund come through last week. You know, this property, this house that I'm in is growing massively in value. And I've not had to do anything for that. I've just had to stay here. That was easy. Um, and he gave me another four or five examples on this. And because he brought that into his awareness that actually money had been easy for him to come by in different situations. He had inheritance. He had a tax refund, all of these things. His, then, his new belief when he came off that call is money is easy to come by. He has some reference points to back that up. And interestingly, over the next uh, next week where he'd been struggling to sign on clients, he signed up two clients. Now, it's easy, it's, it's easy once you shift that belief or bring that belief into your awareness. So what we'll do in a minute is we're going to do some exercises to identify some of your beliefs or your associations around money. We're going to take you from feeling like that surfer who gets spun over in the waves to being that person who feels like excited that you want to get out on the waves. So uh, I've spoken for too long. Let's get into a bit of an exercise. I want to do an exercise called money is, right? And money is, we're going to do some, uh, just do some association with it, pull out your associations. Now, the idea is, is that whatever we uh, say about money, that's potentially going to be our experience. So what I'd like you to do right now is I'd like you to write down for yourself um, a negative association. Actually, maybe not share here. We're going to do, we'll do this in two parts. So this money is association in two parts. First, I want you to take 30 seconds to a minute now and write down any negative association you have with money, right? So identify any negative association you have with money. So that may be money is hard to come by, money is dirty, money is evil. Um, anything you might say negatively about money. And just keep writing. Don't let the pen stop. Keep going. Okay, another 10 seconds on that that one. Just write in anything you have that's negative about money. Okay, we're going to reasonably quickly on this one. We don't want to overthink it. Okay, once you've got that, I'd like you to do the same thing again. And I'd like you to write down any positive associations you have with, with money. So money is fun, money is freedom, money is enjoyable, money is success, money is coming to me in avalanches of abundance, whatever, whatever your beliefs are around money. So I'll give you another 30 seconds to a minute on that one. Okay, just keep going. If you feel like you're getting the same ones again, just keep going, right? As many as you can. What are the positive associations you have with money is in the 15 seconds? 
Okay. So now you probably have some positive and negative associations with money written down now. And if you have positive associations, that's great. That's going to encourage you to, uh, you know, to do more things, to attract more of it to you. I'd like you to think about that list that you've written down there. The idea is that if you were in a relationship with this person called money and you described them in this way, would they want to stay around? Would they want to hang out with you? If you describe them this way, if you look at your list, would they want to hang out with you? And if you have come up with some negative associations with money, uh, I wonder if you're happy to uh, either unmute and shout out a few examples or pop some in the chat box. I know we'll, we all have some negative associations in there. So if anyone's willing to share maybe a negative association, that would be really, really helpful. Uh, money is easy to go. Thank you, Elry. Money is dirty and money is never enough. Yeah, this is great. Thank you for sharing because it makes it easier for others to share. So this can be an area where people feel like they want to clam up and not share because people might judge them. Uh, money is prejudice, bias, aggression, and heartlessness. Yeah, wow. Uh, Aura, thank, thank you for sharing that. I had a client I worked with recently on this, and he was doing very well. His business doubled, uh, over doubled, and he you know, grew uh, another five, 16 members. And then all of a sudden, he started to sabotage, and we started to dig, dig into it and understand what his beliefs were. We did similar uh, activities to this. And he said, um, uh, wealthy people are dicks, right? His belief was wealthy people are dicks, and he was coming well, he was becoming wealthy. If he's becoming wealthy, that means he's going to be a dick. Well, he didn't want to be a dick, so of course he's going to sabotage, right? So we had to rewire that belief and change that because he didn't he didn't want to be a dick. Um, yeah, you know, you love dealing with the financial stuff. Yeah, okay, you're you're like me on the surfboard, right? You know, you have those associations, negative associations around that. So we we may need to uh, to rewire those and help you see those. So most of us have some negative associations in here, and if we leave those unchecked, you know and we keep running with those, then we're not going to do the things we can to attract money to us. Now, what happens is when we shift those beliefs and actually do the work and change them, we may not feel like we're working any harder, but money will come to us a lot easier. Right? I've had this experience myself working through with, with my coaches in that I feel like I'm doing the same thing, but all of a sudden there's more money coming in. Right? It doesn't feel like there's any extra work, any extra effort because I've done done that. Whatever, whatever the thing was, there was all this opportunity in front of me the whole time but somehow I was ignoring it or, or repelling it. Um, and I've had that experience. I've, you know, gone back into emails and I can see that, you know, whatever I was doing a year or two years, you know, prior to this activity, I look at it and there was someone there saying they wanted to work with me or want to connect with me. And I never saw that email or I never opened it. Like, wow, that was like a prime example of, of sabotage. So we can find examples of, of how we do that. Now, how does this work? I'd like you to think about the idea of uh, an, a thermostat, like an air conditioning unit. Okay, so uh, I don't know what temperature you like the room. You know, maybe you will like the temperature of the room to be different. So maybe just type into the chat box, what temperature do you like the rooms to be? Because when I have like an air conditioning unit, I may say, hey, I want the room to be in here 20 degrees Celsius, and I will set it to be 20 degrees. Okay, and now as the temperature goes up to 21, 22, okay, Melanie likes it there, something like 25, 23. As it goes up to 21, 22, what does the air conditioning unit do? The air conditioning unit, kicks in some cooler air and it drops it back down, right? So say it was set at 20, if it's now at 22, it drops it back down to 20. And then say it pumps the cooler air in and it gets down to uh, 19, 18, then what does the air conditioning unit do? It kicks in some warm air to pump it back up to 20. So it's constantly going up and down against that set point. Now you will have a set point here, some 24, 25, 23, if I'm running an event, I want it to be like 17 degrees and frosty in the room. So everyone's like alert and paying attention and, and awareness. But whatever that set point is, that air conditioning is going to come up and back to it. Now, 
we have a set point in our financials of how much we are comfortable to earn, right? It's subconscious. Now, now for some of us, it may be a certain amount of revenue or a certain amount of pay, right? Maybe psychologically, uh, you know, I'm set at earning 50,000 a year. And if I earn more than that, I just ease off the work. If I earn less than that, I'm really motivated to get there, right? Or a hundred thousand or a million. It, it doesn't, doesn't matter on the number because it's different for everyone. But if, if I'm, let's just say, um, it could be the amount of money we earn every year. It could be the amount of money in a bank account. I was dealing with one entrepreneur and his, he had this belief that his bank account should always come back to $10,000. Now his business was doing significantly more money than that. He was doing multiple six figures, but he had this belief that his money should come back to 10,000. His bank should be back at $10,000. And I asked him, well, when did you decide that? He said, oh, well, because when I first started off in business, I hung out with these entrepreneurs and they said, I always have to keep 10, 10K in my account. So I always just keep 10K in my account. Now his business had grown and moved on, but he's thinking about how much money he needs to have you know, hadn't. Now let's just imagine if he if, if he thought we always need ten thousand dollars in his bank account, if he had a bill come out and he was down to eight thousand, six thousand, he had to pay tax, you know, has some damages to his car, he's down to zero. Zero is really painful for him, right? He's the wrong side of ten. So all of a sudden he's really motivated. His motivation shoots up to get that money back. Maybe he calls in the money that's owed to him. Maybe he does that marketing campaign he's been meaning until ah, I'm back at ten thousand, right? And he'll go up and down there as well. If he, if he keeps dropping money, he'll be motivated to get it back. If then he goes the other way, say he overshoots, say he manages to do a really great job, he gets the cash in the bank, he gets 20, 30, 40 in the bank. Well, he may be feeling good about that, but psychologically that's uncomfortable because his set point is 10. So he needs to find a way to get rid of that. He goes and spends the money, blows the money, eases off his marketing, he's back to 10, right? We move constantly move up and down, up and down. Now, we all have that. It's all a different set point for some of us. Now, that may be the amount of money in your bank account, or it may even be, you know, the amount of revenue that you're willing to earn. I had a lady at the last event, and I explained this to her, and she said, um, oh, Kevin, I, I don't know what my set point is. Um, and I said, well, well, tell me more about it. And she said, um, well, I, I always make sure I earn enough to pay the bills. I said, oh, okay, so your bank account always comes back to zero then. And she said, yeah, right? Because her belief was I always earn enough money to pay the bills. Like, well, her set point is just to pay the bills. What if her belief was, I always earn enough money you know, to have an extra 20,000 or I always earn enough money to be able to save 30,000 a year? It would be very different. So what we believe and what we reinforce ourselves is bringing us back to that set point. So I'd like to maybe make a note for yourself. What, what is your set point? Do you have a set amount of money that you kind of typically earn every year and you don't break through that you don't go above that or is there a set amount of money that you go into the bank account you don't need to share with the group you can you can just know that one for yourself but just have that for your awareness what if we decided to make a different set point what if we decided to increase that number now how would things change what if we weren't just making enough money to you know to get the bank balance now this is true we're talking about this in, in the context of money but this is true in terms of other things you know how fast you are comfortable driving your car how many hours a week, week you work um uh, how late or early you can tolerate being, you know, uh, in terms of your weight, et cetera, because it's all governed by these two forces that drive all human behavior, right? Two twin forces that drive everything we do. And those twin forces, maybe you want to take a guess in the chat box. What are the two forces that drive all behavior? Yeah, Christina for the slam dunk, pleasure and pain. Straight in there, no, no messing around. We are motivated to get away from some level of pain, okay? And maybe in my example, it was getting to zero. For some people, it was like minus money. And we're all motivated to go towards, you know, a pleasure. Um, I have a question for you, though. 
if you could stop someone from stealing $10,000 of your hard-earned money, or you could go out and earn $10,000, what are you more motivated to do? Either stop someone taking $10,000 of your hard-earned money or going out and earning. So either stop someone, just write stop if you want to stop someone from taking your money, or write earn if you would be happy to go out and earn another $10,000. Okay. Now, typically in the general population, we are more motivated as a group of people to, to uh, you know, for loss aversion, to avoid the pain of losing something. But typically in these entrepreneurial groups, I see more people willing to write earn and earn money. Uh, yeah, so earn, yeah, reinvent, earn, stop. So I see, see mix 50-50 there. Some stop, some say earn. So typically with entrepreneurs, it's, it's more about earning. So uh, I just like you, the, the, the point of this activity then is just get to clear what is your set point and what is the number you keep coming back to and are you doing something to sabotage yourself to get yourself back down to there? Okay. And if you're ready to change your set point, then I think we can start doing some things around here. Now, one of the things I do outside of my, um, you know, my work, my passion is I want to interview people and understand their psychology, their mindset, their thinking. And I met this gentleman called Keith Cunningham. And he said this, he said, smart people have great answers and geniuses have great questions. So on my life-changing questions podcast, I've made it a bit of a, uh, a study, I've now done 200 interviews, I've, I've asked leading experts this, you know, what's the one question you've asked that has the biggest positive impact on your life? And one of those uh, most powerful answers I received is this, and in, in the context of what we're discussing is this question, who am I? Who am I? Right? And what we understand around that is that the strongest force in the human personality is remain consistent with how we define ourselves, okay? Because we can never outperform our own self-image, right? We can never outperform our own self-image. So if we aren't seeing ourselves as someone who's wealthy or someone who's successful or someone who can succeed, we're never going to perform in that way. So we've got to be very careful with how we define ourselves. If we can get the definition of our identity right, then of course, you know, the things can follow. I'm going to give you a few examples that you understand around this. Um, I, I would say when I wanted to run a marathon, I would say frequently to people, before I'd run one, I am a marathon runner. I am a marathon runner. Now you think declaring that to people out loud, uh, what do you think that does when you tell other people that you are something? Completely pumps the motivation up, right? Because I got to be consistent with that. I've just told people that I'm a marathon runner. I better do the exercise, get ready and run the marathon, right? Uh, I was saying to myself, because I understood incantations, I am an author, I'm an author, I'm an author. And I never did any work to, to sit down and write. And then one day I sat down and this children's book just, it came out of me. I had no intention of writing a children's book, but because I'd been saying I'm an author for weeks and months before, all of a sudden this thing just came out of me. So I think my brain somehow was like, you keep saying this, you better do something. And, and down it came. Let's give you some other examples. I had, had a client who said, I am a terrible sleeper. I'm a terrible sleeper. And guess what? She had real problems sleeping, right? We did some work and changed that belief. And she went from not being able to sleep at night at all. She was getting like one or two hours to, you know, being able to get six or seven hours. Now it didn't completely resolve it for her, but she had more resourcefulness at that point that she could go and speak to the traditional Chinese medicine and, you know, get the right uh, support that she needed. So changing your belief, if you re reincant things, it will, will impact that. Um, I hear frequently people say, I am awful at remembering names. Does anyone ever say that? I'm awful at remembering names. Oh, uh, if you do, guess what? you're going to be awful at remembering names because your brain is going to act in accordance with how you define yourself. Uh, if you started to say today, 
Uh, yeah, Chris, thank you for your honesty as well. And you, Christina, if you started to say today, I'm awesome at remembering names, guess what? You'll be awesome to start remembering names. And here's a little test on this for you. Um, do you think you would remember everyone's name if I was going to give you a million dollars for every name you remembered? Do you think you remember everyone's name? Would you become awesome at remembering names? Yes, you would totally become awesome at remembering names, right? So it's, it's the importance. So I believe you can all be amazing at remembering names if you say that, hey, I'm, I'm amazing at remembering names. And just changing that belief and changing that definition. If we reinforce, I'm a terrible sleeper, reinforce, I am terrible at remembering names, um, it, it will continue, right? Uh, Chris is ready now. <laughs> I'll get my checkbook out, okay, Chris? <laughs> so uh, here's what I'd like you to do then. Uh, yeah, Melanie on the money. It's, it's about your intention to do it. It will work. And we're going to be very intentional with what we say about who we are. Because if we're intentional about saying I'm a great sleeper, uh, we're intentional about I'm great at remembering names, we will. If we say I'm intentional about I'm an amazing business owner, I, I grow successful businesses, I make very profitable businesses, those are very intentional things. I had a client once who kept saying, oh, we're going to break even next year. We're going to break even next year. We're going to break even next year. It was always in the future. It was always going to be like next year. We change that language, you know, and made the intention, no, we're going to break even this month, this quarter, this week, right? Then, of course, things begin to change. So we're going to do the quick exercise. Oops, did I just go backwards rather than forwards? Give me one second. We're going to do this exercise, okay? I'm going to get you for maybe a couple of minutes now to just start writing down, you know, to I am. I'm going to split this up in the same that we did with the money is exercise. I'd like you to write down all of the things you say about yourself in a positive way. So you could say, I am happy, I'm fun, I'm grateful, I'm charming, I'm good looking, I'm amazing at remembering names, whatever it is. So maybe take 30 seconds to a minute now to write down everything you associate with yourself uh, that's positive. So I am. So I am whatever it is. I am amazing at timekeeping. I'm very healthy. Okay, just another 10 more seconds there on all the positive ones. I am, what are all the positive I am statements? Okay, and now let's switch to what are potentially some of the less positive things we say? What are some of maybe the negative things we may say about ourselves, right? So it could be, I'm terrible at remembering names. I'm terrible at sleeping. Um, no, I am. I had someone at the last event said I am overweight or I am unhealthy or I am unfit. Um, I am not very good with numbers. I'm not very good with marketing. I am terrible at. So whatever it is, yeah, just give yourself another 30 seconds or so. What are the negative associations you have? And when you've done that, just give me a thumbs up or a yes in the chat box. 
Okay, thank you, Christina. Stephanie, thank you, Melanie. Okay, it looks like we're getting nearly there. Yep, looks like thumbs up from everyone. Okay, cool. So you now got a list of positive and negative associations, the things that you say about yourself. Now, those positive ones, that's great. You want to reinforce those and keep doing those. Anything that we have that's in a negative context is a clue for us because if we define ourselves negatively in that way, we're going to perform in accordance with that. So we are going to want to do some work to rewire those or reshift those or change them, right? And find a new way to, to make it uh, more positive so we can we can take action in accordance with that. I want to do a quick check on, on this as well. Who wrote down, I am a business owner? Did anyone write down, I am a business owner? No, no, no. Uh, no, I'm not seeing any yeses in the chat box on this one. So it's interesting. You're all business owners, right? You're all on this call because we are here talking about how to make more profitability, but you're not defining yourself as a business owner, you know, or maybe you're not defining yourself as an entrepreneur. Mm, why? Why is that? What would happen if you did? What would happen if you define yourself as, you know, a business owner or an entrepreneur, or even if you define yourself, I am a growing business owner. What would happen if you started saying that? Would it change the way that you felt and the way that you acted and the results that you get? I get a suspicion that it would. So I wonder if you start to define yourself in that way, or maybe if you define yourself as coach or consultant or expert, maybe we need to uh, to make sure we, we shoehorn that in so that you are acting in accordance with that. Um, okay. I want to share some other beliefs that have been quite useful. Uh, I like this one. When I have this one pinned up on the wall in front of me, it says, I am a money magnet and money flows to me from the most amazing places. You can keep that one, write that one down for yourself and uh, and keep it somewhere you can see it because when you start saying that to yourself, it's amazing. You're going to notice things do start flowing to you from the most amazing places. I said that and I, I, got, I got a small inheritance from an auntie. I Honestly, I didn't even know she was still alive. Like, it, you know, she's in the UK and I, I thought she passed through a long time ago. Um, you know, I got introductions to a new alliance partner and more opportunity came from it. I shared this with my client uh, who's based in uh, in the UK as well. He works for a Swiss company. And, you know, he said he, he always takes his auntie to bingo and they never win. He started saying this and the first night they went, they won three nights in a row. He had some investment that he put his money into that doubled. You know, he had a pay rise. He started saying this and he had a pay rise that was backdated, right? They backdated his pay rise by like uh, four or five months and then increased the rate of his bonus. Now, all of these things start to happen once you start saying it. Now, it could be a major coincidence, but I find it interesting that we start saying these things and then we start noticing these things show up. So what would happen if you start to say, I'm a money magnet and money flows to me from the most amazing places? Um, our friend here, Muhammad Ali, he said, it's the repetition of affirmations that leads to belief. And once that belief becomes a deep conviction, then things, you know, things begin to happen. So what, what do we need to start saying under I am? What what was missing from there? What do we need to add in? All right. Now, I'm just mindful of time. I I, uh, I, I frequently uh, do this. I try to shoehorn in more than I have time for. We've got another 10 minutes. I think what I could do, two things here. I could either keep going for the next 10 minutes and share with you some additional content, or we can pause and do Q&A. So what, what's, what's your preference? Should we keep doing uh, more? So write more or Q&A, if you want to do Q&A. Uh, more, more, more. Okay, keep going. More, uh, Chris. Is that okay? We can we can keep going into the top of the hour. Yeah, yeah. We can go to just before ten. Uh, then the the video will self end. 
self-destruct. So just it, it, when is when is it self-destruct? At what time? Uh, at ten, ten a.m. So in ten minutes exactly. Ten minutes, right? Ten minutes will we self-destruct. Okay, then I will talk <laughs> very quickly. No problems. I want to try a quick uh, exercise with you all right now. Okay, I'd like wherever you are, just for you to reach as high as you can. Just reach as high as you can. Okay. Now I want you all to reach higher. Find a way to go higher. Go higher. Find a way to go higher. Reach higher. I, I want to see you reach higher. Find another way to go higher. Chris, you can go higher than that. Yes. <laughs> uh, Ina, Aura, you can go higher than that. Find a way. I want to see you. I want to see you right to reach higher. <laughs> okay. So I, I couldn't see the rest of you, but uh Ina and Aura, I asked you to reach higher and you found another millimeter or two by stretching further. And the more I pushed and the more I pushed, oh yeah, great. Uh, Elry, you're on the chair. Bingo. I wish your camera was on because I would have pointed to you. Chris was getting to the same point. When I said, Chris, you can go higher. He actually stood up, right? Elry's got on a chair, okay? It's interesting, is it, from a human behavior perspective, when I told you to reach as high as you can, as you reach as high as you can, the first time you kind of, some of you went here and then when I said higher, some of you went here and then some, but... You actually have the ability to stand up. You have the ability to jump. You have the ability to stand on a table or a chair to reach higher. And I think this is one of the challenges that we have is that we don't push ourselves as high as we can go. We underestimate how far we can actually go high, you know, how far we can actually go, right? And the important piece here is around raising our standards. If we raise our standards, we could have been on top of that table straight away. We could have been, you know, getting on a ladder, you know, jumping up, you know, whatever we need to do if we raise our standard. I worked on this when I was in Tony Robbins' organization, had a good insight to it because they had this idea that for every, um, for the coaches, there are hundred coaches in a team. And for every client that they gave the, the team member, the coach, they said, hey, we need for every one out of every two of those needs to re-enroll into a second coaching engagement with you. They need to stay on as a client, at least at least 50%, one in every two. Now, it was interesting because there were coaches on the team who weren't getting one in two. They were getting one in 17, right? And the company made it a standard. Hey, this is the standard. To stay on this team, you need to be doing one in two. Now, what happened when they, ra when they raised that standard and set that standard, all of a sudden, the whole team started to increase, right? People went from one in 17 to one in 15 to one in eight you know, to one in five, one in four. And they started all to move towards that 50% because someone said, this is the standard that we need. Now, it's interesting to have someone external state that, say, this is the standard, because if we do that, then we can be driven towards that. If we don't, we may just stop ourselves short and do this little half reach, you know, this tiny reach instead. So my question to you is, where do you need to raise the standard in your business? Where do you need to be putting more energy and more effort? Do you need to raise the standard in terms of how many uh, how many hours a day you spend on marketing? Do you need to raise your standard in how what percentage of those calls convert? Do you need to raise your standard in how well you deliver your service to your clients so that they love you and they stay with you and never want to leave? Where, where do you need to raise your standard? Because if you can identify this and it gives us something to work on, okay? So just take, take 30 seconds. Where do you need to raise the standard? Okay. Um, in the interest of time, then I will probably skip a couple of slides, but I think the message from this one then is you don't get what you deserve. You get what you tolerate. So if you've identified, you know, where you need a new standard, you're not going to tolerate that standard anymore. You're going to have a higher standard 
that's that's the key piece that's going to be the thing that makes all the difference and is useful if you want to go and declare that to someone else because if you have someone external to you keeping you to that standard then you know that that would be great because you can't really um you can't really keep yourself to that standard you know it's a little bit difficult because you can give yourself a uh, a get out of jail free card or, or let yourself off um I will pause there. I had a couple more things I want to do, but but maybe uh, maybe we can we can cover that uh, in the future. So let me just share with you. Um, money is only an idea. If you want more money or more profitability, we've got to simply change your thinking. And important message from today is see yourself the way you want to be, with that identity. If you can define yourself as the person that you want to be, then you can accomplish that and achieve that. Um, I'm going to pause just there. And I'd like to just note down, what were your top uh, three insights? You can write these down for yourself. Out of what we covered today, if you have three insights, you know, that are going to be useful for you, what are the top three? You just write those down for yourself. And once you've got those three written down for yourself, if you just post the number one for you, the biggest, the most important lesson from today or insight or new action you're going to take, just post that into the chat box. Uh, Chris, I am. Yes. <laughs> it's a very important one. Uh, Ina, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Set point, I am. Yeah, mindset is is super, super key. Okay, awesome. Now, I've left us just four minutes for Q&A. And so if you uh, want to do Q&A, feel free to unmute. If any of you wanted to take this a little bit deeper, discuss further, um, or work through any of the things that we've uncovered for you today, I've brought into your awareness, uh, I'm happy to have a conversation with you. There's my link there. Feel free, I'll pop it in the chat box. Um, but boom, boom, let me pop it there, paste. Uh, if there's any challenges with time zone, just uh, feel free to reach out to me as well. Um, you know, on this one. Now, if you, oops, oh, I don't know, profit.gifts. There you go. If you wanted to access some free things that will also help you with this, you can, you know, access some free resources here as well. But uh, yeah, if anyone wanted to, to speak, more than happy to. But let me unmute now for Q&A. We've got uh, three and a half minutes before uh, Chris lets us self-destruct. So uh, yeah, Melanie, please feel free. Can you unmute yourself? Hopefully you can unmute yourself. Hi, Kevin. Thank you so much for that. That's really My great. My pleasure. Quick question. So it's, I think everything that came through today is stuff that we know, but it's how do you stay consistent every day? Because if you don't consistently do this every day, then you go down a spiral again. So what is your top tip for that? I think there's two things. One, it doesn't always have to be conscious and every day. If we can identify these gaps and do some work with them, then things automatically begin to change. You know, if you had some beliefs there around your identity that's not serving you, or you have some beliefs around money that's not serving you, if we go in and rewire those, then things start to, start to happen very differently. Like automatically things will start to be attracted to you without you feeling like you an extra work or an extra effort. So number one is let's address those. If you've identified, you now have something in your awareness where you've been held back, let's address those, number one. Uh, number two, I think it's also useful to have... Um, an ex external person to help keep you accountable to some of these things is one thing for me to say that I want something is another thing for someone external to help, uh, help, you know, keep, keep you on track with that as well. I think um, the third one, we discussed some of these things here, these beliefs, we can have them as uh, either affirmations or incantations. Okay. So if we start saying some of these things with emotional intensity and repeated, 
our brain starts to to see it and we start to act in that way. And I'll give you an example. I would be saying very frequently when I first went into that corporate role, I wasn't I had no training. I wasn't a leader. So I would start saying to myself, I am a leader. I am a leader. I go for my run in the morning. I repeat it. I'm a leader. Now, every time I said that, I had this visualization of me stepping up and being a leader. And then what happened when I would get to the work environment, typically a leadership situation would arise. And normally I'd stand back and be the quiet one. But because my brain had seen me being a leader, I would step in there and start leading before I realized. So sometimes uh, the affirmations, the emotional intensity around those. So if you've written down some new ones today, I, I would repeat them and pin them up, remind yourself of them, and that, that can help too. Um, there's many more I can go on this. We probably also need to think about how do we uh, flood your brain with uh, with good content around this. The more we're feeding your brain with good content around this, around wealth, reading books or listening to books around wealth or money or profit or attraction, the more your subconscious is going to have that in your awareness and the more you're going to see the opportunity. So uh, yeah, flood your brain with it as much as possible. So there's three or four things there. Hopefully that helps in some respect. Thank you. Appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you, Kevin. That's uh, the time for it that we have for today. Just want to thank you for, for coming and being the guest on this week's webinar. Very, very cool stuff and um, insight that you shared. Uh, we might have to rewatch this video to get all of that in. <laughs> my, my, my pleasure. Thank you so much. And uh, I, I am going to be better at timekeeping next time. I am. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Thanks, guys. And thank you to everyone that's joining thank in the Thank you all for participating. I really appreciate it. Thank you Enjoy. for all the, you. the podcast viewers. We'll see you guys next week. Bye-bye.